G'day everybody, before we get into the episode this week, let's have some predictions for what's going to happen in the Nintendo Direct. I'm recording this the night before things go down, so let's see if we get anything right, and obviously once the episode starts, I'll know, I'll know whether I'm right or wrong, and let's uh, let's assume I'm going to be wrong, but for the first one, I'm going to be very confident in saying this. But uh, no Mario Kart will be shown. I, I know everybody since bloody 2019 have been raving about a brand new Mario Kart. Goodness gracious. Why do you think we're going to be getting a brand new Mario Kart, guys? we got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. It's selling like gangbusters. It's over 40 million sold and people still reckon we're going to get Mario Kart bloody night. Bloody ridiculous. I know... I know we're a bit sick of the same tracks. I know we're a bit sick of, you know, just the the, the alright online support and all that. But, guys, let's get something new. There's so many other franchises we can touch, you know. For the first time in in bloody years, we've got a console that's already touched on Super Smash Brothers and a 3D Mario and all that. And we can sort of put some new things into the rotation. Get out of your head that we need a brand new Mario Kart. Let's get some new games from Nintendo. Jesus Christ, that's a bit of a rant. But um, it needed to happen, everyone. It just it really did need to happen, all right? But uh, another safe one, I would say, is a brand new Donkey Kong game. We had rumors last year, and we didn't see a game from uh, the Tokyo team in Japan, and it would be very nice to get a, a brand new game from them. They're always gems. I think the last one, Mario Odyssey, you know, it was, it was fantastic. I don't think it was a favorite of mine. I think playing the port of 3D World, I actually might prefer 3D World, especially with... Uh, the Bowser's Fury add-on. That was fantastic. But um, another kind of hopeful prediction for me is maybe a new Grezzo port. Uh, I think it was last year we got Miitopia. That was a port from the 3DS. So, you know, it was kind of a weird... <laughs> it was really sort of weird that they decided to do Miitopia of all games. But I'd like to see another 3DS game ported by them. But Kid Icarus Uprising. Love Kid Icarus Uprising. It suffered so much because of its controls using the stylus on the touchscreen. But now, with the power of a second analog stick, goodness gracious, that game will be taken to new heights on Nintendo Switch, I reckon. So, Kid Icarus, I'd love to see that return. And, uh, yeah, right, look, if they bring out Mario Kart and like, oh, Mario Kart, you can play as Link, and there's even, uh, there's even a couple of other Nintendo characters, you can play as Lucas from uh, the Earthbound series, you know, that, uh, that uh, Mother 3 game you never got? Yeah. Anyway, let's see what we actually got. Let's, uh, let's discuss Nintendo Direct in uh, all things Nintendo. G'day everybody and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating. I'm your host Drew Agnew and the doors to episode 214 are open. This week on the show we're talking about the Nintendo Direct that just happened. Nintendo Switch sales are through the roof and much more. So to discuss all that is just myself and what you might be able to hear is I'm actually in the car. I hope the audio is holding up all right for you guys. And the reason I'm in the car is I actually have a bit of an announcement myself, you know. So I haven't said anything on social media or anything just yet. But to all my friends and to the people that take their time out of their day, maybe maybe just this week or maybe you guys have been listening for a little while, um, I'd like to share some news that my wife and I have had a little baby boy 
he's nice and healthy, he's happy, he's, uh, he's just a little bundle of joy and we're absolutely stoked and just in love with him already. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, he was born, so I'm heading down to the hospital to uh, go and see him, go and see my wife. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a little bit hard because I get kicked out of the hospital overnight, so I've got to go home, but... Um, what, what, I guess what it allows me to do is have a bit of rest and all that, be recharged and get back there. So to sort of fit in the time after, you know, watching the direct in the morning, I've got to, all right, I've got to record this in the car. So I've got my handheld recorder. I'm heading into the city and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So, yeah, really, really stoked with uh, having a little boy. So uh, what's happened with this episode is I'm recording the uh, Nintendo Direct sort of, I guess, reaction uh, on, on the way to the hospital, but uh, the rest of the news I've recorded back in the studio the night before, so uh, the second half of the episode will be sort of uh, not knowing what the direct is, which is not, not too bad at all. But uh, yeah, let's get straight into it, guys. So the Nintendo Direct was pretty pretty good. I really liked it. There's some games in there which I've been asking for for a long time, um, and I'm just stoked. So there's about three titles or so, or that I just, uh, you know, cannot wait to play. And the best thing about it is that a lot of these games are coming up very soon. We, I think the, the furthest away game was Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was September. So, you know, typically at the start of the year, we like to get a bit of a highlight or a bit of a, a roadmap for the first six months, which is, uh, you know, what you're looking forward uh, to until E3. And then you get, you know, you get the biggest uh, announcements there because then you get, like, the holiday announcements and all that, like... What we didn't see was the the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. That's fine. Uh, if I expected anything, it would have been very much a, a, like a bit of a teaser trailer, you know, just to hype us up a bit more because at E3 last year, it was just kind of crazy how we, you know, we got such little information. They're like, here, here you go. And it's just like snippets of, uh, you know, really quickly cut together footage. And, you know, we just ate that up when we looked at that and tried to figure out where the timeline fits and what's happened in the the world of Hyrule after uh, the events of Breath of the Wild. And, you know, it's just us Nintendo fans, we're a bit bloody crazy. <laughs> so it was cool to see that. Um, but, yeah, but we didn't get that there, unfortunately. Uh, the Donkey Kong game, which I sort of uh, talked at the start of the episode, like, oh, you know, a bit of a prediction. Uh, we didn't see anything from the Tokyo team, which is fine. I think we will see it this year, though, at E3. It sort of depends on where Breath of the Wild 2 fits, because it's all very well and good back in 2017, having The Legend of Zelda and Mario released in the same year. But those spaced as far as possible apart, you know, one at March and one in November. So I don't know. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe we won't get the Mario game this year. And you know what? I, I don't particularly need it. Well, not the Mario game. It could be the Donkey Kong game. I'm not sure. It might be both. That'd be cool. Um, but regardless, I'm, I'm happy just with one of those games and uh, the rest of development time just used to make uh, whichever one doesn't make it the best it can possibly be. Uh, another one is uh, Mario Kart 9. Everyone was talking about Mario Kart 9. And I want to sort of elaborate on what I said um, before the title uh, played for the podcast. So, you know, everyone's like, all right, it's time for a new Mario Kart, and people have been saying that for a long time, and I get it, all right? I've been playing Mario Kart 8 since 2014 on the Wii U. I put hundreds of hours on the Wii U, and I've put another hundred so hours on with the Switch. Uh, you know, and Mario Kart 8 is great, but you can only play the same courses so many times again and again and again. 
and you know there's there's a few other modes we like to see in there just to be a bit more inventive and all of that and you know I think we will get that but I don't think it will be on Switch I think Switch just really proves uh, proves that you know Nintendo needs a big hitter at the very start to start momentum and then attract the third parties the indies and everyone else that will make uh, a good ecosystem on their platform and the Wii U, you know, it comes out with a 2D Mario game. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to make people excited to go and buy brand new expensive hardware. So I think, you know, Mario Kart is literally the, the most appealing thing they have to the, the hardcore, to the, the mass market, to everything. And it just really does reflect in the sales. So I think, really, it will be smart for them to hold it close to their chest. You know, just, you know, develop it in the background. Just have a nice, long, prolonged development time on it and make it just an amazing Mario Kart game, the best one it can be at launch for the next system. Look, whether that's like Switch 2 or something different or just like a Switch Pro, whatever it is, just make sure that it pushes that hardware to continue momentum. And there's also the other thing. It's just like, you know, us Nintendo fans, we you know we get in the pattern. We're, we're pretty predictable. And I think for the first time in in years we're finally at a point where we can be like okay we've got Super Smash Brothers we don't have to look to the horizons for Smash Brothers you know we will be getting Zelda we'll be getting Pokemon but Mario Kart's done like a lot of these franchises that do appear on each console they're done so these teams can take a break now that well not a break but like a break from the franchises now that we actually have a decent amount of um, of them out there like for example we've got so many franchises that we'd love to see um, come to Switch still with brand new iterations. We'd love to see a brand new Pikmin game. Personally, I'd love to see Kid Icarus and there's just multiple titles like that. You know, there's lots of Punch-Out fans out there. Uh, just like games like this, they need to be coming and just like looking looking to Mario Kart. It's like, alright guys, alright, we, we don't need it. And in the direct, we got our answer. Really happy that it's uh, getting DLC, which is fantastic. I'm really excited for that. But we'll talk about bit about that a bit later. Uh, what was my other prediction? Kid Icarus. Sorry, didn't get any, uh, as far as I said, didn't get any Grezzo ports from uh, from the 3DS. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what it is. I wonder what they're working on though. Like, unless I missed something, I wonder what they're working on because they are a very interesting studio. Hmm. hmm. Anyway. Alright, so that's my predictions out the way. Pretty wrong, but I'm, I'm glad I was wrong at least on the Mario Kart thing. If there was a new Mario Kart, I'll be, I'll be keen. I'll be getting it day one, don't get me wrong. That was my money. And if it was like a all-out different Mario Kart with heaps of different modes and all that, it'd be pretty exciting. But I think it, I think it just needs to be saved for a better ch- uh, chance. Alright, so let's jump into some of the announcements made at this uh, Direct. So just off the bat, like I said, very, very happy with it. Just with a few titles alone, which... Uh, which made me happy. It wasn't like um, they weren't like the big hitters that you would uh, maybe a lot of people were looking for. If you're a big Zelda fan, you're not going to see that. Obviously, Mario and uh, a lot of the big franchises weren't there. But, you know, we just had Pokemon Legends Arceus. We're gearing up for Kirby. And we got some other smaller games uh, to fill those slots and some bigger ones as well. So the first one was a brand new uh, Fire Emblem Warriors game. And this was at the very start. And I've got, to, I've got to admit, guys, my eyes did sort of glaze over. You know, I'm, I respect Fire Emblem. I think the Warriors uh, sort of um, side of the games is is interesting. And a, a lot of fans enjoy them. They keep on making them. Um, but honestly, I, uh, 
checking my things to recording. So, um, honestly, just, just you know, I, I the uh, first Fire Emblem Warriors, I didn't really play it that much. You know, it was uh, it was fine. Didn't get through it, so it doesn't excite me too much. But just the fact that it's in the Fire Emblem Three Houses universe, which is a great sort of story, it seems like that it's going to be sort of an alternate universe where you know the story's a bit different and things play out differently, which is pretty cool, pretty interesting. I guess they got to play this game from just the the one perspective that like all the sides um, are in the same story. That's what it seems like. So they, they changed it up a bit where you can't just choose a side and then you get the really nuanced story in between. So be interesting. I, I assume it's going to be um, kind of similar to the other games. Yeah, I was actually, when I was setting up my OBS to record some reactions and uh, things weren't working. So I was just fiddling around with OBS actually when uh, it was time, <laughs> when this trailer was playing. So I'm uh, glad a lot of uh, you guys out there will be getting this game if you're big fans next up was uh, actually uh, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 reboot camp so uh, the remake of the uh, original two games on Game Boy Advance it's got a release date the 8th of March it's coming oh, 8th of April sorry uh, it's coming up relatively quick which is good um, you know it's got a pretty meaty delay and it's got full voice acting and it's actually looking pretty good um, like personally for me I'm I was I never really played Advance Wars, so nostalgia isn't really pushing me too much. And like the eighty dollar price tag is like a pretty big ask just for a game. I'm not super, you know, uh, like you know, super. Oh Jesus! There's a trailer just pulling out in front of a car in the highway here, which is a bit scary. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, a bit maybe a bit of an ask for me. I don't know if I'm going to pick it up necessarily. There's actually like a there's actually a fair few games coming out in April, so I'm pretty keen for that. Um, yeah, which is a there's a big one later on. Okay, so this is this is the one I want to talk about. On June tenth, we're getting we're getting Mario Strikers Battle League Football, and Jesus Christ, guys! I actually I lost my shit. I haven't lost. Uh, I haven't been this excited for a video game announcement in a long, long time. Uh, just absolutely stoked that Mario Strikers is coming back. I. When I was going through the trial, I was looking at like the, the small text, seeing if I could see like if it was made by Next Level Games, anything like that. Uh, I assume it's not made by Camelot. They just released Mario Golf last year. If they've got that good a turnaround, um, that might explain the quality of Mario Golf, on <laughs> maybe potentially. But I really do hope it is made by Next Level Games. Next Level Games are would be due for a game, so I'm sure I'm literally recording this straight after I got out the car. And a lot of the outlets haven't even put their roundups yet. It's that quick. So um, forgive me if I don't have all the information. I am driving my car as well. <laughs> so I'm just going off my uh, my memory here. But it looks fantastic, guys. It's like it really is everything I'd want from a, a sequel to Mario Strikers. You know, with it's got online clubs, supports up to 20 people within those clubs. So guys definitely June 10th we'll be making a House of Mario club in Mario Strikers that is guaranteed uh, unlike you know Mario Golf we played a bit online and stuff like that but I'm telling you right now Mario Strikers will be a common mainstay within our community so if you want uh, someone to play with Mario Strikers please jump in the discord there's an invite in the show notes you're more than welcome to come in really really stoked for this one guys and just like the idea of it, like some of the power-ups, it showed that like, you know, it showed uh, footage of Luigi, uh, you know, scoring a goal with a power-up. And it actually counts for two goals. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
was like, oh my god. So that's going to be a pretty big game changer as well. Like, you know, using your uh, sort of abilities and that at the correct time to like double your uh, points, which would be really fun. And uh, like for those that didn't play, Strikers charged on the Wii. The, like it was just brutal. Just like the way the characters were just kicking each other. And while this game doesn't look quite as brutal, it still looks pretty brutal. Literally just like <laughs> just jump kicking other characters into like an electric fence, electrocuting them <laughs> while you run off with the ball. It does look really cool. So really, really am stoked with that one. Uh, I can't... Uh, Junetown can't come soon enough. Like, when I was watching these dates, like, you know, Mario Strikers come up, and I will put my reaction on Twitter and YouTube. But, you know, when it come up, I literally went, yes, yes! I was just, like, so happy. Like, finally. Like, you know, it's a good start to a direct. Like, you know, with a Fire Emblem Warriors title, you know, not so much my thing, but Strikers Charged, absolutely stoked. I hope... Um, Hope it does continue to get like updates and stuff like that. Hope it's uh, supported pretty well by the developer and Nintendo. Um, I would like to see maybe some maybe Switch Online benefits and stuff like that. I reckon it'd be really great I, if a Nintendo plays their cards right. This would be a pretty strong online game, especially with this year. It's a big it's a big year in the world of football. It's the World Cup. If everything goes goes forward, you know, um, you know people will be looking for a brand new football game to play and. I know, I know FIFA is the, the mainstay. Not so much on Switch, mind you. You just get Legacy Editions on Switch. But it would be great, you know, sort of see maybe them play into that. Maybe even with the FIFA license being sort of uh, let go by EA this year, maybe we will see maybe some FIFA collaborations. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> maybe just some uh, you know, some kits or something within the game. You can wear the, the, the Guernseys and all of that. Maybe that will be in there. That will be pretty cool. Like, um... I'm a, I'm a, I actually play uh, soccer in real life, so you know I'm a big fan of the sport. Even if I don't watch and follow a lot of the professional teams, I, I just love playing it. And I think Mario Strikers is just like football video game goodness, just turned up to the max. Like there's no bloody fouls, there's no offside, there's just bloody kick each other into an electric fence, big power up moves and just get that ball into the back of the goal, no matter the cost. (laughs) So, man, cannot wait for that one. Cannot wait. That is my most anticipated game until its release on the June 10th. All right, what we got up next? Splatoon 3. So, yeah, we got some sort of more information on the new Salmon Run mode, which is titled Salmon Run Next Wave. We saw some of the enemies, a brand new massive salmon enemy and uh, sort of uh, it looks like to me just looking at it and not have playing uh, not have played Splatoon 3 in a long time um, it looked kind of similar to me like oh, I thought I remember but then like the like the big boss battles like fall in as well so like some of the maybe the boss battles or mini boss battles you'd expect from the campaign actually just like f- just fall in and you got to deal with them as like one of the the waves, which is pretty cool. It's got like a bit of a story where we're actually looking to track this big, mysterious behemoth salmon down. Looks pretty cool, um, but I think like to a lot of people that um, you know maybe having pretty casual Splatoon players, you might be like might be like, oh, I can't quite see the difference. 
I don't know, like Wacko Jacko and Delfino and that in our uh, Discord community will be typing furiously on their keyboards as they're listening to this, being like, look, there's so much difference. I can see, like, the airtime of the Inklings is completely different. And, look, I, I completely get that. I'm <laughs> I'm that nerdy when it comes to, like, Smash Brothers updates and uh, Pokemon as well. Like, every generation is, like, looking at uh, uh, buffs and debuffs to certain Pokemon stats and different moves and abilities and all that like I, I get it <laughs> but regardless I'm really looking forward to uh, uh, Splatoon 3 comes out summer uh, for the, I guess the the American seasons so looking at June uh, onwards so I would expect this to be look July or something the uh, Splatoon, Splatoon 3 fell uh, I believe July in 2017 so it seems like a good place for it to fall especially if we are getting uh, announcements for you know, Zelda and that coming at the end of this year. So this will be a good place for it after some of these more, um, I guess, a little bit smaller titles. Like I, I do, uh, I do think that you know, Strikers is a smaller title than Between Three, obviously. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing more of the campaign and what they do with online modes and all that. I think a, a big thing would be like, look, I know this is a bit bit trite at this point, but battle royale i know i know it's like we Splatoon community probably might not want it but i think it'll be a lot of fun actually i think uh just like battle royales and a lot of games are, are fun even if it's like i don't play any of them but i think it'd be cool i think like a mario kart battle royale that should be really cool because a battle royale would kind of fix the problems mario kart battle mode has where you know what made mario kart 64 on block 4 so much fun there's so much tension when it was just the last two of you so, like, that just escalated would be pretty cool. Um, just the balancing with, like, a heap of red shells. I don't quite know how they'll do that. But <laughs> just blue shells. Boof, 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 everyone's dead and uh, the game's over. All right. So, we got information on a Chrono Cross remaster. And this was interesting because as soon as it popped up, I'm like, oh, yeah. So, that's uh, that was leaked in the, in the uh, NVIDIA leak, which was actually a little while ago. Um, a lot of games that are actually turned out to be true but actually getting announced like around now which is like Crisis 4 and that that was in the, in the video league so that was there so if you're a Chrono Cross fan cool you're getting a nice remaster on the Switch we got more information for uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land and this trailer actually kind of really really sunk in uh, the feeling that I really want to play this game like the first look at the game it looks like oh this is like a looks like the Mario 3D World team have been making this game and it looks really really nice um, and the ability where you can have like super size um, you can just suck in big things like the first thing it shows you is a car that you suck in and Kirby's just like it doesn't turn into the car it just stretches over it <laughs> it looks so painful and I just I was just uh, blown back by this trailer man I was just just that like the gameplay looks a lot of fun like all the abilities you have access to as well as like the objects you find in the world to help you sort of traverse whether it is sucking in the car or a vending machine spitting out cans or like a tire where it just makes your mouth into like a big blow fan and you can blow throughout the level like it just looks really creative a lot of fun very colorful really looking forward to this game in march march 25th actually really excited for a kirby game and i don't think i've ever been excited for a Kirby game to be honest this looks like the most in-depth sort of game in the series and it's like it's sort of a town building aspect as well where you can go back to a certain 
uh, I guess a village or whatever and just like build out the infrastructure and the services and as you progress through the game so really really stoked about that cannot wait um, yeah it's kind of similar to Pokemon actually you know you go out you come back <laughs> to Jubilee Village so very very cool we got a Portal collection coming to the Switch containing Portal 1 Portal 2 pretty cool as well as like I think the obviously very old games games that came out on PC years ago and uh, consoles it was like 2010 I feel like Portal 2 I can't quite remember but you know Portal 2 one of the the best games of all time so it's great that it's come to Switch you know why not I guess uh, the only but I think what's more interesting is that there's like a bit of a relationship with Valve I don't know the uh, sort of I don't know if this uh, collection is popping up on other platforms it probably is it's probably coming to uh, play the PlayStation and Xbox consoles but what I really uh, you know hope is that it makes a bit of a relationship with Valve and more older Valve titles will come to Switch because you know Valve are the main competitors to the Switch now with the Steam Deck well not really but as far as central device goes uh, it appeals very much to someone who wants the Switch form factor myself included I really want a Steam Deck but here in Australia we couldn't order them and God knows when we're going to be able to order them now when they'll make them available to a bit more of a wider demographic um, we got we got a game from Square Enix Live Live Alive is that how you pronounce it? Live Alive yep uh, it's coming to Nintendo Switch uh, the, the uh, 22nd of uh, July which actually looks really cool it's a HD um, remaster which is something Square Enix have been really successfully doing um, of a game that never actually came out in the West so when I was watching it I'm like I've got no idea what this is but it kind of reminded me of Octopath Traveler where it has like multiple stories within the one game I don't know if they all link up or you just play them all separately but it's interesting like maybe that's where the uh, what's going on in the this trailer's like just pulled off with no indicator on fucking Christ anyway so really really keen about that one um, I don't know how much it's going to cost I haven't seen that yet but it seems like really interesting and like Square Enix like I, I want them to remaster the Pokemon games man like you know, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, you know, just takes the mechanics of the Pokemon games and puts the, just puts a really bland, lifeless coat of paint over them. But the pixel art is what made those games character pop, and they really need to enhance that. They really need to just do a really nice lighting engine, maybe 3Dify a little bit, and use the uh, sprites to redo the sprites. So I think, like, that is really what I want for the Pokemon series. I would love to see that. So, anytime I see like the HD remasters for like whether it's Dragon Quest 3 or uh, even the original games like Triangle Strategy, which is coming out soon as well, I really do want to see that for maybe some of Nintendo's games. Like, you know, whether it is like if they do decide to bring Mother 3 to the West, like just go all out. Like, do the 3D uh, or the HD remaster sort of treatment to it, make it look awesome, do the localization, all that. I think that'd be great. But uh, I guess while we're talking about um, Earthbound and Mother, uh, you know, the the, uh, the first two games in the series are coming to the Switch uh, online service, which is great. It should have been there a long time ago. When I was just doing a trailer for, for them, I'm like, I literally expected this back in 2019, but here we are. It's great, nevertheless. I, I've, been, <laughs> I've been waiting to play Earthbound on my Switch for a little while. Uh, so, cool. I don't know if I have the the bandwidth with all the games coming out <laughs> now. That's the thing. Like we've had such quiet, we've had a real quiet year in 2022, and 
kind of relatively quiet in 2021, depending on your tastes. I would have loved it back in 2020. Just beef up the virtual console in 2020 when all you had was Animal Crossing and uh, Age of Calamity. Like, seriously. But now it's like, oh, we've got games and we're beefing up uh, the virtual console a bit more with Nintendo 64 and finally the uh, Earthbound games. So, all right, all right, well, better time than never. But <laughs> never, I guess. All right, so this is one, uh, this is basically my second most hyped announcement was uh, Wii Switch Sports. So Wii Sports, obviously a phenomenon, uh, what launched the Wii into its success. Another title that really does showcase is important to have strong software at launch. And we are talking in the Discord, I was saying that I really do want more games on Switch that utilize the Joy-Cons. And to be honest, how they've utilized the Joy-Cons since, say, 1-2 uh, Switch, which I think was very basic, but really unlocked your imagination when it came to utilizing the Switch's features, uh, I think that, you know, it's a bit lacking. Like, you know, I think Labo's very, very uh, imaginative, but it's not, it's not for me. It's for, it's for young children, which is, which is great. I think, you know, the Switch is a device which is, be, which is able to be enjoyed by young children, but, you know, it's, it's just not for me. You know, I wanted something which is like, you know, put the Switch down, like, you know, my, something my parents can play who aren't hardcore gamers, something my wife can play who isn't very confident with her controller, pressing buttons and, you know, all of that. Even like Telltale games she struggles with. So, you know, I've, tr I've tried. I really have tried. <laughs> but I wanted something like, you know, some of the Wii experiences I've had. And, uh, you know, we used to play Wii Sports and WarioWare Wario Smooth Moves and, you know, just chucking the controller to each other and really enjoying it that way real sort of basic movements that uh, is easy just to explain to someone and uh, I was we were really hoping that there was going to be like a Nintendo Sports don't worry about the Wii Sports and Wii Play and all that just have Nintendo this Nintendo that and they can be the casual sort of uh, games that you can pick up on Switch and play with anyone that utilise the Switch's features because honestly games like say Breath of the Wild 2 and the next Mario game and all of that they're not going to utilize these features they're going to be played in handheld mode and that's great um, you know that's what I want for those games don't get me wrong but I think having uh, this is going to be really fantastic really happy that they're going with sort of the Wii Switch, uh, Switch Sports which is absolutely fantastic and it includes um, the ones you'd want as well as some brand new ones so we've got Badminton which I really like the tennis. So having, you know, basically in this game, it's just going to be what physics do you feel like? Do you feel like, you know, a bit heavier and with a bounce or do you just feel like a bit airy and uh, hitting it in the air? Which I'm looking forward to playing badminton. I really enjoyed badminton when I was in high school. So I hope that it's, uh, you know, I hope it's going <laughs> to use my skill from when I was 15 <laughs> for badminton. It's been a long time. And uh, the other one's volleyball, which I can see volleyball being a lot of fun. We got the demo for volleyball with uh, Kimishima and no, not Kimishima. Uh, I forgot the names while I'm driving. I'm, at, I'm going around a roundabout at the moment. About to go into McDonald's, so I'm concentrating a little bit there. Um, but as far as that goes, we're going to get an update for golf. So I actually kind of forgot about golf. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, when they said there's going to be an update, I'm like, oh yeah. Well, golf is a pretty big admission. Um, I feel like this is going to be better than Murray golf. <laughs> Very different, mind you. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to it. It's got online modes, local support, which, goodness gracious, you would hope it would have. And uh, yeah, no, just uh, very, very excited for it. It's pretty much got a... Jeez, why, why is everyone like putting the indicators on last minute? McDonald's is very busy as well. 
I'm, I'm going to be channeling uh, a little bit of the Xbox drive with Sean Capri in a console Kato. You know, going through... Oh, my God, there's only... Okay. Okay, so there's only, there's only one lane. There's one shot. I don't know what's going on here. There's like a guy in one of the lanes. And he's got like... Okay, so... Alright, we, we got some electricians fixing the drive-through on one side. Gotcha. So that's why it's a bit more... I get out of the way a bit. So, uh, it's, it's not as seamless as I would like. Maybe I should have gone to the other McDonald's on the other side of town. I actually think it might have been a bit quicker. Anyway. So yeah, really excited for Nintendo Switch Sports. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's not Wii Sports. It's very Nintendo Switch Sports. There's a few more syllables there, but really, really keen for it. Um, it shows off like the characters in it. They're like more detailed me's but when uh, like the demo came on they used like just your standard low detail me's which was you know, a little bit disappointing to be honest I would like to actually customise those more in depth looking avatars they looked a lot like the Xbox <laughs> avatars from the 360 era if any of you guys played <laughs> Xbox then and what else we got here um, oh yes yes the button. I only press the volume button. It's okay. Um, we're getting brand new paid DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So 48 tracks, which is just amazing. We're getting it in six packs um, all the way until uh, the end of uh, 2023, which is pretty cool. And uh, I think the biggest thing as well is that, it, that it's, uh, is included in the Switch expansion pass. So not only will we get the Animal Crossing DLC... Um, also get the Mario Kart DLC a part of it, which is really great value. So I'm someone who looked at the $30 increment, uh, increment and went, yeah, oh, really, like, it's nice that you're chucking in uh, 30, 30 bucks worth of Animal Crossing. That's great. But for Nintendo 64 games, especially when they weren't working, the emulation wasn't where it needed to be. The homebrew community was like, you guys serious? We can do it five times better than you on your own platform. You know, it's a little bit embarrassing, to be honest. But now with uh, this, it's like, okay, you know, I haven't actually dug into the Animal Crossing DLC yet because, uh, you know, when Animal Crossing, you know, when it came out, I was sort of having a bit of a break from games, sort of in general. Um, and I don't know when I'll get the chance to get back to it, <laughs> just with everything coming out. But uh, really, really am stoked. So we are approaching the uh, the window here. I think I'm going to get like a, a chicken wrap with like a Coke. I know if, if any of you guys uh, listen to... Oh, here we go. Listen to the uh, Nintendo Drive. You know Sean gets a Diet Coke. I'm going to get just a normal Coke. Yes. Wait till they actually ask me. See, on the Nintendo Drive, they're actually able to sort of vent a little bit while uh, Sean's waiting for them to... To make an order. Whereas I've just got to do it myself. And I don't know when it's going to kick in. It's a bit... Oh. Uh, can I please get a uh, large uh, chicken wrap meal with a Coke? Um, unfortunately, it's not quite 10.30, so the only lunch items we have available are cheeseburgers, Big Macs, double cheeseburgers, nuggets, or fries. Okay, can we have a large Big Mac meal then? Yeah. What drink would you like to that one? Uh, Coke, thank you. Yeah, anything else? Uh, that's all, thanks. So just a large Big Mac meal with a Coke? Yes, thank you. No, it's for me. Thank you. Huh, so you can't... It's not 
Is, is it all-day breakfast, but not all-day lunch? Is that is that how it works? All right, well, it's not quite... What's the time? So at 10.30, so I'm a quarter of an hour too early for a wrap? Is that what you're saying, McDonald's? I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that at all, guys. That's a bit rough. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? <laughs> Mario Kart 8. So, yeah, I think the value for the expansion pass is a lot greater now. Really am, am keen to get it. Am keen to get it. So, you know, then I'll get both the, the DLC. And I think it was sort of up in the air whether Nintendo were, were actually going to support, uh, you know, the game with more DLC. Um, hold on. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You too. All right. Yeah, it was sort of up in the air whether, you know, Mario Kart was going to get more DLC. It was sort of assumed not because it's been this long. And also just whether Switch Online would be supporting that expansion pass with more... Uh, you know, DLC because it wasn't confirmed. From here? Yep. That one there. Taking up your food, please. Alright, thank you. Welcome. Just vanging a little bit while McDonald's gets my Big Mac. Not a big. Thank you. Awesome. Alright, McDonald's is quiet. We're about oh, five minutes away from the hospital now. Very, very nice. Um, anyway, just... Oh, sorry, it's a bit broken up with the McDonald's drive through bit, but... Let's get onto the highway here. It's very exciting. So, I guess, uh, just my opinion on the Big Mac. I'm not a big fan of the Big Mac, but... When it's just, like, given the choice out of, like, a cheeseburger, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess it's the Big Mac. I had a Big Mac yesterday, actually, on the... <laughs> for, like, brunch as I went in, so I got the exact same thing. I got a Coke to wake me up a little bit. But apart from that... Yeah, not a big fan of the Big Mac. I think, like, Hungry Jack's here in Australia is the way to go for burgers if you want just, like, a, a quick drive-through burger. Obviously, there's way more better options for burgers than, like, just, like, these uh, fast food joints. But, yeah, um, Hungry Jack's the way to go. That's Burger King, I guess, in the States. I don't know how much how different they are. Burger King, they had to change their name um, because Burger King was already taken up by, like, a smaller store, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, they're Hungry Jack's in Australia. But anyway, sorry, I've uh, I've broken up this Mario Kart discussion a little bit. But yeah, I didn't know whether the online pass would support more DLC. I wasn't quite sure. They never really said that, look, going in the future, more Nintendo first-party titles will be supported with DLC for your $30, or sorry, for your $60 subscription. And now that we are seeing Mario Kart join that, so you're getting two uh, paid DLCs together... Uh, I think that's a very, very good sign that we will see more DLC in the future. Um, like, for example, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Will we see that join? I know that's a little bit different, a bit of a second-party game um, with the Pokemon Company basically handling that game, published by Nintendo, mind you. So it's a little bit of a weirder situation. Um, Breath of the Wild 2, when that eventually gets DLC, will we see that in the expansion pass? A lot of questions. I wish they were just a bit more upfront, saying, look... Like, even if it's, like, one of our games will be having DLC included. I think it's just, like, you know, with PlayStation Plus, it is it is just, like, all right, you get three um, games a month for your subscription. It's very, very clear. 
Xbox Game Pass, you know, you get access to 100 so games and it gets updated basically monthly, but it's actually a little bit more than that depending on when games drop. You know, it's very clear of what you get. With Switch Online, it's like, oh, yeah, look, you, <laughs> you, get, uh, you get the games, uh, Nintendo 64 games currently are being added uh, once a month. You get uh, Animal Crossing DLC. You're like, oh, well, is that what we get each month? Then it's just like, randomly, hey, look, we're going to be having increments of <laughs> Mario Kart DLC come out. And, uh, yeah, it's included. So, well, that's, that's great news, but maybe let us know that, like, you know, your service will actually be decent value. Um, so, you know, so, so when I, I could have bought it earlier, to be honest, be like, oh, well, all right, well, it's going to be, it's going to be better in the future. But, you know, it's good to save my money anyway because at the moment it's just, it's not worth, it's not personally worth my cash. But when Mario Kart DLC starts dropping, but I guess about the actual content itself, it will be, uh, it will be like remastered tracks from previous games. And it's cool to see, I think the coolest bit was actually seeing tracks from Mario Kart Tour, which is the mobile Mario Kart game. And Mario Kart Tour is uh, actually hot trash just in the way it's monetized and the way the monetization eats its way into the gameplay, which, you know, you're basically looking for roles where you can get different characters that work better on de- better tracks or able to use more items like it's just like a bit of a mess it's like all right i think i, I think i might uh, not play this game but i think it, i think it's got some really cool tracks they've been doing like a world tour uh yeah well it makes sense they've been doing like a world tour where it's got tracks from uh, various countries there's like you know there's one for paris and uh, there was one for Australia, for Sydney and stuff like that. And the one they showed, showcased from Mario Kart Tour was the Paris one of the Eiffel Tower and that. You know, I think that's really cool that those get, tracks are making it into the game. And I think for a lot of fans, uh, probably don't touch Mario Kart Tour. So this is going to be a you know, brand new track. It is for me, at least. Like, it isn't going to be a remaster. It's just going to be a brand new track, which is based off a real-world location. So I think that's going to be one of the more exciting sort of games to get tracks from. So yeah, very cool. And uh, the last game, which was like the, the the it wasn't really a one more thing. It was very much just like, all right, we got a, this is the last one. Enjoy. And Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which is just a big, big game coming September. Uh, I I've got to catch up on the other games, guys. I can't uh, just <laughs> save it. I'm a big fan or anything. I've got to play Definitive Edition and Number Two. I've bought them, but I think uh, I just. I'm in the mood for a big meaty game after playing Pokemon. You know, I've just come off 60 hours of playing that, so I'm pretty keen to put in another 60 so hours into another JRPG. So I think uh, I think I need to play through those two games before number three. Um, whether it will happen or not with a new baby, and when I start working that, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Honestly, probably not. I'm not going to make any promises. No point putting the pressure on myself. I've got some other more important things to deal with, but. Uh, Anyway, looking forward to it. The, the game looks really cool, though. Like, I got no context for the story necessarily, but just from, you know, the the art style, which was always great, and the, the graphics look um, really nice. looks like it's running well. Like, I think one of the big problems with Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is just, like, you know, it didn't run so well, especially in a handheld mode. There were complaints there just with the, the resolution. Oh, I've got to get in this park, and someone's, like, overlapped a line here. God. Beep, 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 beep. All right. All right, we got in there nice and easy. Cool. All right. And we're there. We're at the hospital. Awesome. Handbrake on. 
So yeah, I think uh, I think this is going to be a big one for uh, a lot of people you know, coming out September, so that so that November uh, sort of uh, month is left open for what I feel like is going to be Breath of the Wild two. I'm going to be surprised if it doesn't make it this year, guys. I actually really am going to be surprised um, if we don't see that. We've got a lot of other games to be shown and announced at E3, which is really, really cool. I cannot wait for the rest of this year. It's looking really nice. Like, you know, just games we already know about, like Sparks of Hope um, from Ubisoft uh, is going to be a lot of fun as well. And we don't know anything about that when it's coming out. So we got a really packed year, especially compared to the last couple. It's going to be a lot of fun to sort of you know, wade through some of these games and, uh, you know, really dig into them. And I know, like, just like the sports titles, Strikers and Wii Sports, not Wii, I'm going to I'm gonna always call it Wii Sports, uh, Switch, Nintendo Switch Sports, it is a mouthful, uh, is going to keep me occupied for a long time. And it's, looking back on this, it is funny that, like, the two games where I'm like, yes, the sports games, I'm not a sports game player, but I think they're just like, especially the two series where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want that. So overall, I think it was a great direct. There weren't like uh, there wasn't Zelda and all that. If if people were going into it being like, "Look, we're going to get a release date, and the release date's going to be in four months for Zelda," no, no way. That is like that is something they're going to save for a big E3 showcase. Like personally, for me, if I'm looking at my my year where I'm like, "All right, we've got to do the marketing for Zelda that's coming out in November," and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, I wouldn't blow my load. Uh, the second month of the year, you've got to eke it out. Because, look, if Nintendo said everything that's coming out this year or in the next, say, 18 months, it'll be next month and we're like, hey, where's the Nintendo Direct? It's like, look, guys, we literally told you everything. They need to eke it out. Us Nintendo fans, were greedy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll give this uh, Nintendo Direct an 8 out of 10, personally. It's, it hit two games, which I really, really wanted. And I, um, you know, Mario Strikers was was most likely next up on the cards. They like putting out their sports games. But, um, you know, Nintendo Switch Sports definitely wasn't. It's was a little bit of a curveball going back to one of their most successful games. So it's not really much of a risk. But I'm glad to see it nevertheless. So, guys, I'm at the hospital. I'm going to go in and see my wife and my son. Oh, by the way, my son's name, we've called him Lucas, which uh, I, I didn't name him after uh, Mother 3, Lucas, or... Uh, what a lot of people will recognize him from Super Smash Brothers. I uh, didn't uh, name him that, but I um, there, <laughs> I gave a bit of a hint to my mother-in-law. I said, it starts with a letter uh, in the middle of the alphabet, and it's uh, he shares the name with a protagonist from a unique Nintendo JRPG that did not make it to the West. <laughs> and she's like, right. I'm like, well, you can go and Google that. You can go and find out that, you know, Mother 3 and the protagonist's name is Lucas. But she didn't. She, was, she wasn't that uh, <laughs> She wasn't that worried. She wanted a bit of a surprise when he was born anyway. So, no, really, really stoked. Can't wait to go and see him. I got my McDonald's. I saw my Nintendo Direct. And, uh, yeah, so let's move on to the rest of the news, guys, and go to Drew in the studio. Woohoo! Yeah! Is that all? I fight for my friends. Yahoo! My body is still warm. Alrighty, guys, we're back in the studio and we're back in time. This is when I had time to talk about the news this week. So, like previous in the episode, Drew said, this is 
before the direct. I don't know what happened. I really hope there was a Cute Icarus game. Come on, Mario Strikers, give me something good. But I'm sure I already talked about that in the car, so that's all good. Let's talk about reality. Let's talk about sales. You know, I'm a... I'm a big, big nerd. I love following the video game industry. And sometimes you got to take a step away from the, the fun games, the colors, the sounds, the bips and the bops. You got to break down some numbers. You got to work out, is capitalism working for these companies? And it will seem for Nintendo. Yes, it is. Capitalism is very well alive uh, for Nintendo. You know, they're selling, they're selling well. And you know, I, I like following this stuff, and um, hopefully you guys do too. Let's uh, give you a bit of an update. So let's uh, let's jump into an article from GamesIndustry.biz, and the, the title is "Switch is Nintendo's biggest selling console of all time at 103.5 million units." And the article reads: Nintendo has revealed that Switch has become the biggest selling console of all time at 103.4 million units shipped since its launch in March 2017. Now, just to clarify, that's the biggest selling Nintendo console. Obviously, the PS4 um, and the PlayStation 2 are ahead of that, but um, regardless. Continuing, confirmation of the milestone came as the platform holder updated its lifetime sale counts following its financial report for the latest quarter. It shows that the Switch has surpassed the 101.63 million units achieved by the Wii, Nintendo's previous biggest uh, biggest seller, a milestone that has been steadily approaching all year. However, it is yet to outsell the original DS, Nintendo's biggest selling handheld and games device. That stands at 154.02 million units shipped. A breakdown in Nintendo's financial report reveals that the new OLED model sold 3.99 million units in its first quarter. By comparison, the Switch Lite shipped uh, 5.19 million units in its first three months. The standard Switch model accounts for 81.68 million units of the console's lifetime units, while the Lite accounts for 17.87 million units. Nintendo, uh, Nintendo also updated its software sales for Switch, which has now reached 766 million units. This is still behind uh, 9.21 million units uh, a million units of games shifted by the Wii in its life cycle. The platform holder also updated the top 10 best-selling games on Switch, which saw Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl instantly become the ninth biggest selling title at 13.9 million units. The remakes of uh, the Kanto games, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, are already uh, just sorry, are already just <laughs> 360,000 copies away from being outsold by um yeah, <laughs> by the previous games. Have to reword that a little bit just to make sense. Um, elsewhere in the financial report, Nintendo re- revealed uh, launch quarter sales for two other recent releases. Mario Party Superstars has already shipped 5.43 million copies, while Metroid Dread stands at 2.74 million. These figures were given in a chart of the best-selling games for the first three quarters of Nintendo's financial year from April 1st to December 31st. Pokemon is a clear leader, well ahead of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's 7.96 million units shipped. Mario Party Superstars is already the third best-selling game of Nintendo's year so far, with Metroid Dread in 10th place. Nintendo's financial quarter 
um, of the year also has some promising releases with Legends RCS already off to a flying start. That sold 6.5 million units in its first week worldwide, which is really, really phenomenal. So all the information sort of gets leaked out in that article. And my gosh, what a, um, what a just amazing feat uh, to, to accomplish. Nintendo's best-selling game console ever. You know, we've got a few caveats there. You know, a lot of people will be playing in handheld mode, being like, you know what, it's definitely not a console. I've bought like three of these things for everyone in my family, whereas maybe with the Wii or even the Nintendo 64 or whatever you have you, you know, you just had one in front of the TV. But this is just an amazing feat, guys. And, you know, to beat the the Wii, Nintendo's best-selling console, but also, you know, the PlayStation 1, and there's heaps to go um, just in there. It's just absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, it's weird to feel like, you know, good on you guys, you know, for just like, like a, you know, billion-dollar corporations that are going very well. But... You know, as a as a fan who you know really enjoys the product, I really do enjoy the Switch. I think it's uh, you know it offers a lot of fun and enhances sort of my gaming experience in my life. So I'm glad that it's a success, and hopefully we'll be seeing a lot more of this type of uh, device from Nintendo in the future when they go forward. It's not going to be a Wii U situation where they look at the tablet and go, you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. It did not work for us. <laughs> we won't we won't worry so much about it. Now, with like a lot of the, uh, you know, discussions about how much the Switch is sold, but it's outsold the Wii, uh, a lot of the sites are now sort of set on the, the PlayStation 4, which is uh, about 120 so million. So it's predicted that the Switch will outsell the PlayStation 4 um, eventually. Whether it's this year or not, I'm not sure. The PlayStation 4 is still being supported by Sony themselves. You know, Horizon's coming out next week um, for PlayStation 4. Gran Turismo is going to be coming out. God of War. Um, later this year is also confirmed for PlayStation 4. So that's still being supported with major titles. So I know sales have slowed down, but it's still going to trickle on for a little while. Um, so when it eventually outpaces that, it's going to be setting its sights on to, you know, um, you know the, the DS and eventually maybe PlayStation 2. And PlayStation 2 is the best-selling video game hardware of all time. It's... Uh, pretty much outpace everything by a country mile apart from the Nintendo DS, which had, you know, a lot of iterations that I've bought. I bought most of them. It was only the the DSi XL that I didn't get because, you know, I was, I was a kid. Like I couldn't afford too many things. Um, and I didn't, it was, it was marketed towards old people too. I'm like, I'm not getting that big old thing, but in hindsight, it would have been pretty good. Pretty good. having. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I remember I got the DS Lite. No, yeah, DS Lite, I bought my own money. Then I asked for the DSi for my birthday, which was very cool to get. Anyway, yeah, everyone set their, their eyes to the PlayStation 2. And I don't think, I don't think it's going to hit PlayStation 2 numbers, guys. I know that Farakawa has said during this sort of financial report that he believes that they are currently at the halfway point in the Switch's life cycle. And I just, you know, like I understand these companies say this type of thing quite often. I know like Sony have said that with past models of their um, PlayStation consoles and stuff. But I just do not see another five years we're getting, say, that is the point where it's like, all right, this is a brand new console. Here's like a new slate of games. Let's move on. It's just the Switch is just... You know, it doesn't have the grunt, which which is needed. It's showing its age now. 
So I don't know what Nintendo's sort of plan is, whether we are just going to see incremental upgrades. That'd be great. I'd love to see that. That's what I've been hoping for for the last two years, you know, with all these rumors about Switch Pro and all of that sort of jargon. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're all sick of hearing it um, and I'm not going to discuss it, but that is what I'd like to see personally going forward. Just is incremental upgrades, games running better, games looking better, um, and just, you know, better gaming experience overall. But, um, you know, with the OLED, it's like, ah, well, that's not going to be for a little while. So whether we're going to have like a prolonged life cycle of the Switch through that sort of method, or we are just going to see just the Switch hold on. And we're going to see like, oh, look, this is a, a nicer feeling Switch. You know, it's <laughs> it's got a it's got a glass screen and it's got an OLED screen. And apart from that, it's, uh, you know, the, the game's going to run the same and it's going to look the same. Not too sure. But PS... PS2 numbers is massive, man. It's got to sell another, you know, 50% of what it's already sold. It's like a little bit more than that even. So just a, a massive, it's still got a massive step. And not only is that, is it's got to sell to people that currently do not see the value in a Switch for the price it's at, even though it's got most of Nintendo's biggest heavy hitters out there. It's already got a Mario. It's got a it's got the most revolutionary Zelda game that's been for the last 20 years. It has it now has Pokemon there, which is just in like the top 10, um, just absolutely killing it. I think um, I think it was worth Nintendo making the switch to a hybrid console just just to get Game Freak to develop Pokemon on it because that is a massive thing. It's absolutely massive to get a Nintendo console backed by Pokemon. And I think it's showing, you know, when you mix like mainline Zelda, Pokemon and Mario together, this is what you get. This is you get Nintendo at their best and uh, it's just awesome to see. So really, really, uh, you know, I'm stoked. I am actually pretty stoked with the numbers. I know what I said before, weird to be happy about a, about a company's uh, success or whatever, but it's a product that I really like. So I'm really happy that it's uh, t- taken off. And five years ago, I was really excited for the Switch. Did not know how it was going to turn out. Was it going to be a Wii U? Was it going to be a, you know, I thought it might be just be a 50 million seller and that's that's hell of an improvement of what the Wii U did. But guys, let's just, let's, let's have a real conversation here. <laughs> if the Switch comes anywhere near the DS or PlayStation 2, we're going to be looking at the biggest comeback and just like, like a commercial product of all time. Like I don't, I can't think of too much more like mainstream like company that went from such a high to such a low and then come back stronger than ever. Like it's absolutely phenomenal. The the sort of the comeback. <laughs> and now that they're really successful, you know, like everyone likes an underdog. Let's support Xbox. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. Um, I love Xbox. I'm joking. Um, but let's let's talk about the top ten. So you know we went through a few of those games, but there's still there's still a few surprises in here, but not many. Um, <laughs> but the biggest surprise, I guess, is number ten, which is Ring Fit Adventure, still hanging on at thirteen point five three million copies sold. So you know what, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, it's uh, done. It's done pretty much or just under half of this in a week. Uh, Ring Fit Adventure is getting kicked off, guys. And uh, Pokemon is going to dominate <laughs> this uh, this top ten, which is just nuts. So number nine is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Uh, we talked about this. This went straight onto the top ten uh, for Nintendo Switch title sales. And you know I f- how I feel about these games. I enjoy them. 
I enjoy Pokemon. It's a classic Pokemon. It's a Pokemon game I really enjoyed in 2007. But uh, on Switch with worse graphics and less features, um, that's what Pokemon Brilliant Diamond is. I mean, if you really don't mind playing it on DS, go and play Pokemon Platinum. I think that's actually a better game. <laughs> it kind of looks better. Um, but uh, number eight is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. These are probably going to stay on there until probably, honestly, a couple more Pokemon games kick it off, I think. Um, just really nice casual remakes of Kanto. A lot of fun. I enjoyed them. Uh, Super Mario Party is still on there at number seven, 17.39 million units. Number five is Super Mario Odyssey at 23.02 million units. Then up next is Pokemon Sword and Shield at 23.90 million units. And uh, Breath- Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at 25.80 million Uh I think it's actually really nice to see that, um, you know, in 2017, we're thinking to ourselves, you know, Zelda cannot beat Mario. Like, it probably can't. And the, all these years later, you know, Breath of the Wild, its uh, its reputation, its name, really, like, propelled it. And it kept it up there. It still sold, it still appealed to, uh, you know, pretty much a, more than a couple of million more people to go out and buy and enjoy. It's It was only out, you know, 10, 10 months longer or so. So I'm actually pretty happy that Breath of the Wilds uh, has sold more because I believe it is, you know, a better game than Mario Odyssey. That's just my opinion. Um, I think Mario Odyssey in my head hasn't really stood the test of time like I thought it might. Um, but yeah, I'm not saying it's bad by any means. Just just a thought I had. So it's my podcast. I can say what I want. All right. Uh, next up is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate number three, which has sold 27.40 million units. Awesome game. Glad to see it there. And uh, the, the, the first two positions will not change. We've got Animal Crossing New Horizons at 37.62 million units. And at number one, it'll never be knocked off. It's before Animal Crossing might catch it, but nope, uh, is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is at 43.35 million units. And um, yeah, I, I don't see the reason for a brand new Mario Kart game. I think I might. I think I might be talking about this at the start of the episode somewhere. It might age really poorly if Mario Kart Nine or whatever is announced at uh, the Nintendo Direct this week. But I really don't think we need another one, guys. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah, uh, I don't think the top ten. The top ten Switch games is you know it's not getting very robust. You know we're getting some typical games in there. I think the like the top five will hold in there. Your Smashes, your your Mario, your Zelda. And the Pokemon games are going to really sort of fluctuate down the bottom there, depending on you know what's coming out and what's going on. But yeah, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what other game can they bring out, which is like a you know, a cultural touchstone similar to what Animal Crossing was. Like uh, you know, I don't think we'll get anything within the Switch's life that will be as significant as that. But what will just really propel its way up, say, to number five within a year or so, like that? Um, that isn't like, say, the next 3D Mario or Breath of the Wild 2 or even even Pokemon. Like, I think Legends Arceus is going to get up to, say, number six. I think it will beat Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, whether that is this year or uh, next year or a couple of years, I don't know. I don't know the legs that game's going to have, especially with, you know, rumors that there are going to be more Pokemon games coming out pretty soon. Um, so April, sort of, sort of pay attention to uh, any Pokemon Directs that might be happening. 
All right, let's talk about some a couple more sales for some of the other games that came out in 2021. So 2021 was a sort of an interesting year as well because we got a lot of games you'll typically see on, say, Nintendo 3DS or DS um, instead of the Wii or the Wii U um, in those eras. But uh, WarioWare, Get It Together, sold 1.24 million copies, which isn't too bad. It's a little bit low, I feel like. Um, but, you know, they didn't go crazy with the marketing and it is it is one of those games you don't expect to, um, you know, sell 5+. plus. So... I would like to see it sell more. I think WarioWare is a fantastic um, series. This isn't necessarily my favorite title. Um, I think I think Smooth Moves just uh, knocks it out the park. But, um, you know, good selling regardless. Uh, Metroid Dread at 2.74. Uh, uh, so it's on the way to become one of the best, or the best selling Metroid game. It's behind Metroid Prime on GameCube, I believe. I'm not ex- exactly sure the numbers on, on that one, but... Um, it's selling very well for a Metroid game, which is great to see. We want to see these other Nintendo franchises that aren't your Mario, Zelda's, Pokemon, because while they are literally my three favorite um, franchises <laughs> in gaming, you know, you want to see more stuff. I want to see you like I want to see WarioWare, Kid Icarus. You know, some of these more. They got so many IP guys. It's more than just the big boys. All right, Mario Party Superstars sold five point four three million copies. You know, Mario Party for some reason sells really well. Uh, you know, they're fun, but then I don't see why they <laughs> sell so much. And uh, Big Brain Academy, Brain vs. Brain, sold 1.28 million. It sold a little bit more than WarioWare now that... Um, and that came out way later, a couple of months later. So that's actually kind of interesting to have a look at here. It, it hasn't outsold it by a heap, but out, outsold it by, like, enough, especially in the time span. So that's kind of interesting to look at. Um, new Pokemon Snap... Um, sold 2.36 million copies within the financial year. So that was up um, about uh, uh, 2.19 million copies. That's interesting. <laughs> I guess it's uh, continuing to uh, you know, sell. Um, how much does Zelda Breath of the... Not Breath of the Wild, uh, Skull Sword. It's about 6 million copies. Okay. So, you know, games are selling well. Games are selling absolutely fantastic. And um, the... As it said in the uh, the article um, from GamesIndustry.biz, the amount of uh, Switch hardware is oh, sorry software has sold seven point six six million um, uh, units sold. So a lot of games are getting sold on Switch within five years. It's uh, getting up to the amount that uh, the Wii has sold, um, almost uh, a billion games sold on the Wii. So. Absolutely cool. Like I, I can imagine if everybody's buying games at the clip I am, especially with like digital downloads, the sales environment is a lot better on the eShop than it was on Wii, that's for sure. Um, you know, the virtual console and even when they brought in the WiiWare program where it was pretty much like an Xbox Live Arcade or indie games on the PlayStation Network at the time, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to sort of move those copies. So we're going to see a lot of games on Switch. We're going to see over a billion games, I feel. Uh, sold so good all round fantastic sort of uh sort of roundup for nintendo like it's uh very positive it's um you know i I don't feel like we've ever had a a sort of a a negative sort of look at the sales and until the next system bombs we're not gonna (laughs) we're not gonna uh say it i don't think which is absolutely cool and uh, I was when I was just sort of looking around for news as well i noticed a little tidbit that uh, apparently combined through all of Every single game Nintendo has sold. Nintendo has sold over uh, 5.3 billion games 
in 38 years, which is just absolutely nuts. So we're looking at uh, the best-selling um, amount of software uh, uh, software for a Nintendo system was Nintendo DS, which sold uh, uh, 948 million titles. So that is absolutely amazing. Behind that is the Wii at uh, 920 uh, million. And then it's the Switch. So the Switch is in the, the third position. So we're only uh, a year maybe a couple of years away from seeing Nintendo Eclipse and also being the, one of the biggest attach rates as well for the system. And uh, I'm looking here at the, the very bottom is the Wii U, which is no surprise. We've got 103 million um, games sold for that platform. So not too many. It's interesting. GameCube sold 208 million. There you go. So that basically does us for the numbers, guys. Uh, Nintendo's going well. They're going to continue making games, which is great. It means we get to play them at home. I get to talk about them. We'll get to have fun. Nintendo gets to make money. Um, and hopefully they avoid things like NFTs, shitty microtransactions, all of that. And uh, it just, uh, now I haven't brought this up on the uh, sort of rundown I've got here, but uh, Nintendo's not interested in NFTs because they don't see the fun in it <laughs> pretty much, which is, uh, which is good because I'm sick of these game companies just like you know when it's just like we're going to do micro transactions we're going to do this like, fair enough you know you make a bit of content you sell it to us let's have some fun you know it enhances my experience i don't care if it's like a, a bit of a story mission or it's a nice helmet for your character you know if if you buy it you get some enjoyment out of it but when it's like nfts it's just like they are just really trying to get some money out of you aren't they like you get nothing for that <laughs> You're like, you own that piece of the game that you bought, <laughs> but you don't actually get to use it or like sell it on. Like, what are you, what are you people on about? Like, yeah. All right. So um, with the numbers out the way, this is just some other information that came out of the um, sort of financial report, just about sort of upcoming games and software they plan to release and maybe some uh kind of time or release schedule that they plan on releasing them. So some we knew, some we assumed, and yeah, most of it we just assumed. But uh, the next game that is going to be coming out with a release date is from Square Enix. Triangle Strategy, the 4th of March, 2022. Very cool. Kirby, The Forgotten Land got a release date. Awesome. Uh, it's the 25th of March this year. Then we got Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp, which uh, actually got delayed from last December. It's going to be coming out in spring, uh, I assume, US seasons, uh, 2022. Then we got Splatoon 2, uh, uh, sorry, Splatoon 3. We got Splatoon 2 a lot of, <laughs> long time ago. And uh, Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Bayonetta 3 are coming out this year sometime. No release date, no time uh, sort of scheduled. And uh, Metroid Prime 4 was was actually brought up, but it's uh, to be announced. And uh, was this in the direct? Do we have a rough idea what it looks like, the premise of the story? I doubt it, but hey, let's uh, let's see, eh? <laughs> so that, uh, that does us for that. What a fantastic sort of uh, rundown. I'm, I'm glad Nintendo is on the, on the sort of uh, trajectory. I can't say trajectory. Uh, to direct this is this late at night. I'm literally recording this at one o'clock in the morning to uh <laughs> so I've got time to do it all before the baby comes home and I can't talk like this. I surely can't for a little while. We'll see how well he sleeps. But um yeah. Trajectory. There we go, I got it out. Um awesome. 
So very cool. Very cool. They also, um, actually, they also talked about sort of like plans for maybe a potential successor to the Switch. They just mentioned that like their, their, their KPIs and all that need to be in line to um, have a smooth transition from the Switch to the next generation Nintendo hardware, which sort of uh, made some people say, oh, this confirms backwards compatibility. And I hope it does because if, if my games library of like digitally purchased just, just is unusable, uh, I'll be I'll be grumpy. I'll be grumpy. All right. So that's the biggest news out of the way. Uh, just to bring it up for you guys to know, at the end of this week, uh, worldwide, uh, on Friday, we'll be having a massive eShop sale, allegedly. I'm reading this from Vooks.net. Um, so basically, Nintendo uh, tweeted, um, enjoy the savings on a 1,000 plus games in February Fest. Nintendo Switch eShop sale starting at Friday. Um, um 10 a.m. Australia Eastern Daylight Time. So don't know what what's going to be on sale. Apparently the theme is going to be like colorful games. So that could be any Nintendo game. <laughs> could you imagine like, oh, we're going to put this uh, Nintendo game on sale. It's like, nah, it's a bit drab. It doesn't look so good. We can't put that on sale. So fair enough. Well, that's an easy way. You know, Mario is, uh, is colorful. Zelda's pretty colorful. Pokemon's colorful. Kirby's colorful. You know, there's a lot of games that are potentially potentially go on sale. So go and check them out if you feel like it. Also, uh, also from Vooks.net, this is pretty cool. So Yacht Games announced a brand new game, Minute the Hollower. So brand new Kickstarter has uh, been revealed for uh, a brand new game from Yacht Club Games. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it. I haven't even checked out the trailer, to be honest. <laughs> I've just looked at screenshots and it's a, a very cool throwback to say Game Boy Color games, which looks really nice. Um, so I'm going to read this article and I'm going to learn, well, not learn with you. You guys probably already know, to be honest. If you're a big <laughs> Shovel Knight fan, uh, you probably jumped on the Kickstarter. You're supporting this straight away. So the article reads, Yacht Club Games has been milking its teat of Shovel Knight for years, but now they're making a new game. Announced overnight, Minna the Holloway is an entirely new game with a Game Boy Color uh, esque aesthetic. There you go. And uh, quote from Yacht Club: "Descend into a frightful world of action adventure in Minna the Hollower. Take control of Minna, a renowned Hollower, uh, uh, hurdled uh, into a desperate mission to rescue a cursed island, uh, burrow beneath hazards and monsters, whip foes into oblivion, and gear up with an arsenal of sidearms and trinkets. Oh, trinkets." Explore a vast world filled with pixel-perfect graphics, masterful gameplay, beastly bosses, and infectious music. Encounter a cast of bizarre characters. Search out secrets in an array of exotic loca- locales and illuminate an impressive darkness in Minima the Hollower. End quote from uh, the nice little description of the game. The game was announced during a live stream and a and, and a Kickstarter project was revealed soon after. At the time of writing, the Kickstarter was it was nearly success, nearly successfully backed. The game is already in development either way. There's no release date or platforms yet, but with uh, Yacht Club Games' previous history, a Switch release is all but assured. Now, I definitely agree with that. I'm going to actually, I'm going to check out the trailer right here, guys, because like you know. I haven't been paying a whole lot of attention to, you know, video game announcements, news and that just with, you know, um, <laughs> looking after my wife and uh, 
birth my child, you know, it's spam bit on Twitter. I'm like, oh, look, oh, brand new game from Yacht Club. Cool. You know, Shovel Knight was fun. I'm sure this is going to be great. Uh, I'll buy it when it comes out. So I'm going to, I'm just going to watch it now. The, the trailer goes for a, a minute or so. Oh, well, the sound's not coming through this. No, that's handy. Well, that's uh, no good. It, well, the, the sound was meant to come through the roadcast, everyone, but uh, technical difficulties. It's uh, actually coming from the computer. There you go. Well, we might just leave it there. The game looks great, though. It looks like a, um, like a, yeah, like I said, a Game Boy Color game. Very cool. I'm, I'm keen to see, like, if it, because, like, for example, uh, Dead Cells, it looks like, you know, a nice little pixel art game. Cool, cool, cool. But it feels so good to play. So if, like, Yacht Club can sort of master sort of brand new gameplay innovations while making it look like a retro game you would expect on a almost 20, well, a 20 year. Um, gaming handheld. That'd be really cool. It'd be very cool. But uh, regardless, let's move on from that. So this is from my Nintendo news and the title is uh, Kit and Krista say that Nintendo Minute ended due to a point of reflection following Nintendo San Francisco office closure. And uh, we talked, I talked about this, uh, I think last episode, it was just like, you know, uh, I think it was about Kit um, leaving Nintendo when he pretty much said, it was great here. Au revoir. Bye-bye. And, uh, you know, just speculation without sort of thinking about Nintendo San Francisco offices um, getting their closure. Um, you know, this makes uh, a lot more sense. <laughs> to be honest, it's very uh, it's very human and, uh, you know, it's pretty much something, you know, any, any of us will do if we didn't want to uh, leave our city we were based in for the last, you know, decade and a half. So the article reads, uh, Kit Ellis and Christy Yang were once the hosts of Nintendo Minute, which was a series that would receive new episodes on Friday on Nintendo's YouTube channel. However, the series ended in December, resulting in fans speculating why Nintendo Minute suddenly stopped. Well, thanks to an interview with the pair that recently... with a pair recent, the pair recently had with Min uh, Minmax, they are no longer any questions. Minmax asked Kit and Krista why they left. The former said uh, that the closure of Nintendo's office in Francisco was the reason. Uh, was quote the reason? I mean, it's quite simple actually. The office we were in in California is closing down. Uh, Ellis continued saying that everyone was given the option to make the move up to Redmond. Uh, which is, I guess, in in the Seattle area for, I guess, those that don't know, uh, and think uh, and think for us that was a point of reflection. Uh, it's time to think about what we've done and accomplished and what we might be able to do in the future. No, I think we're happy here. Uh, we're both from this area, so it's a new chapter. End quote. As for Krista, her response was very similar. She said that the office closure was definitely a catalyst into thinking about what could potentially be next. Being somewhere for 13 slash 14 years, you can't help to think about it's time for a change. Maybe it's time for something different as as much as we were both, as we both love working at Nintendo. So, yeah, I mean, if I lived in a city that long and I liked it there, but well, time's up. I can either move and continue the job or I can just move on to something new. And, you know, in San Francisco, as far as the video game industry goes, there's lots of opportunities there. Um and try something different. You could work at a different video game company. There's lots of publishers there and all that. So like I said last week, all the best to these two. I really hope uh, they go on to um, have full happy lives, good careers in the games industry, and uh, just flex their muscles and enjoy themselves. Uh, I did see that uh, Chris actually posted uh, 
a sort of a retweet of the announcement for a Nintendo Direct. And she's like, this is the first time in like a decade I'm going to be surprised on what's announced. So, you know, it, it, I guess like, you know, if you're a big Nintendo fan, you work at Nintendo, you, you do lose some of the magic that, uh, you know, just us at home sitting on our Switches going on Twitter, seeing announcement for games, you know, that magic is taken out of it. You know, we'll, we'll get like a word from a higher up or maybe even the, um, say the treehouse team, like, all right, so this game from Sakurai is being developed. It's, you know, it's getting there. Let's get, you know, some of these um, packages in so we can start translating the game, localizing the game. And then like, it's a job. You're like, oh, cool. There's a new game from Sakurai. And he's finally making that goddamn Kid Icarus game, the sequel to Uprising. And, you know, and it just becomes work. And then it's like about marketing it on Nintendo Minute and the social feeds and blah, 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 blah. Instead, they can just sit back and go, oh, sweet. It's coming out next year. I get to play it and I don't, it's not work. So, you know, there is something to that too, especially, you know, even if you're a big Nintendo fan, it doesn't mean you necessarily have to work there. <laughs> they can enjoy it from outside. All right, so moving on, another article also from my Nintendo news, and this is very topical as far as the rest of the video game industry goes. Something I don't have to talk about too much here on the House of Mario, but the, uh, the title is Nintendo says it prefers to invest in its own employees than purchase large companies. And the article reads, Nintendo president Shikuru Farakawa uh, has hit back at recent large-scale acquisitions from its competitors over at Sony and Microsoft, saying that the Tokyo-based company prefers to invest in its in-house employees and developers rather than purchasing large gaming companies which do not fit with the company's FOs. Speaking with Bloomberg, Mr. Farakawa said that acquiring such large development studios would, quote, not be a plus to the company, end quote. So what he went on to say was, our brand was built upon products crafted with dedication by our employees. Having a large number of people who don't pose Nintendo's DNA in our group would not be a plus for the company. So this is interesting. So, you know, this is what I've always felt about Microsoft. I, I, I think they make a fantastic platform with Xbox. I really do. I think, uh, especially with now the Xbox Series S, Series S, I think it's great diversity between those two consoles. Personally, for me, it fits in really well. I have the Series um, X in my living room. I have the Series S right in front of me on my monitor, and that gives me access to Game Pass and all of that sort of... My two different setups, so I don't have to swap too much around, but, you know, the S is nice and small. It's compact. It's, it was cheaper, and it's able to fit on my desk, just under my monitor, real easy. Whereas, you know, the big beefy boy I can hide in the TV cabinet. And with Game Pass, the online infrastructure, uh, they're good third-party support if you're not counting Japanese-made games like you know, Persona and all of the JRPGs you'd like to see sort of uh, come to a lot of these platforms, which I enjoy. Um, I think they do like a fantastic job. It's just, you know, with Xbox 360, they did lose me because it was just like, you know, Halo 3, Halo Reach, uh, you know, the Forza mainline games, especially before the original Forza Horizon, which came out late Xbox 360 and Gears of War, which didn't really appeal to me. You know, I've played it a little bit um, since, but yeah, it doesn't, it's not really, um, doesn't really do too much for me. So through Xbox one, they sort of went through a similar thing and they had a great launch, but they just didn't really have to, they didn't really have games. And, you know, Phil Spencer and the team really, I think they knew that they took that to heart. So that's why they said, all right, we're going out, we're buying studios. And when they were buying studios one by one, I think that was really cool. Like handpicking studios being like, all right, you guys did Hellblade. So Ninja Theory, we're bringing you in. We're going to load you up with money. You are going to make 
the best games you can possibly make. You've got the time. You've got the money. You've got the resources. Let's really make some great stuff. Um, and, you know, we, just with a lot of the other studios, like, you know, bringing Playground Games, which have been making the Forza Horizon series, fantastic open-world driving games, a lot of fun. Even with the release of Forza Horizon 5, the series continues to get better and better. They've been handed Fable. They've proven that they're awesome at open-world games. So that's sort of, uh, you know, DNA will continue across those games. And that, that, look, studios like that make a lot of sense. But then it's like buying Bethesda, and a lot of the sort of talk went to like, oh, well, you know, Microsoft now has the best first-party lineup. Like, look at their series now. They got Doom. They got <laughs> Wolfenstein. They got Fallout. They get they got Elder Scrolls. And, you know, in maybe 10, 20 years, we're going to you know, brand associate all of those franchises with Xbox. And it's not going to be such a big deal necessarily. But at least right now, I can only speak how I feel right now. It feels like, you know, they're not, they're taking the easy way out, which, you know, they've got the money, they can, like, good on them. They need to, they need to do something about their game situation. Um, but it just doesn't really feel like it's necessarily earned or it's them. Whereas, like, you know, PlayStation, they've, they've uh, bought studios, they've worked with them in the past, and when they sort of have a good relationship, they press the, the purchase button. Now, that hasn't necessarily happened with Bungie. I feel like, you know, they've had a relationship uh, with like the original Destiny when it was with Activision, like the marketing and all that. Obviously, they've got a relationship there, but when it's a studio that's so heavily associated with Microsoft, obviously making their um, biggest uh, IP um, being Halo, it's a, this is a little bit strange. So when it when it comes to Nintendo, you know, it's like, do you want Nintendo jumping into into this race? Like Nintendo's got a heap of cash. We know they've got a heap of cash from the Wii. Um, and they've got a tremendous amount of cash from, well, from currently with the Switch. It's obviously doing better than the, better than the Wii at this point in its life. But like they, their cash pretty, I think last time I looked it up, it was, what was it? It was like $7 billion. So it was like Nintendo has the amount of cash to buy Bethesda, like, and just empty its cash reserve, like, for example. And But do you really want like studios that have, that are so different from Nintendo. There is no benefit to having like a publisher, which is like making stuff like um, Elder Scrolls and that. Just be under Nintendo's banner, especially like most of these publishers. They make so most of their big games actually aren't on Switch or a Nintendo platform. Um, you know, Bethesda had a couple of ports here and there, but it really wasn't like you know their main sort of <laughs> their main sort of. Uh, uh, goal is uh, getting onto Nintendo platform, so I think it's I think it's wise that Nintendo's isn't jumping into this game because um, I think they they can they look they could they could buy <laughs> they could buy Bungie I guess for three point so billion dollars, but it it really doesn't benefit them at all. Uh, you know their their last purchase was Next Level Games, which is a Canadian studio. They're responsible for the Mario Striker series, and they made. Uh, like the most recent uh, couple of uh, Luigi's Mansion games, which after Luigi's Mansion 3 sold well, phenomenal game, and it felt like a Nintendo game. It had Nintendo DNA all over it. You wouldn't know if it was made in Japan or who made it. So that was a great purchase, to, um, yeah, a great purchase um, to just hit the button on. Same with uh, Retro Studios back in the day as well. Like it's, uh, it's crazy that like the only other sort of... <laughs> studio outside of japan was an american studio in texas 
And it's just because they had like they had the special source that Nintendo's like, yeah, you can make Nintendo games. And that's what Nintendo's interested in making. Is they're interested in making Nintendo games. They don't they're not looking at it being like, oh, we need a <laughs> we need a bloody live service game to really bring in that audience. And we've got the we've got the first person shooters here, we've got the third person shooters there, and we've got the bloody battle royale there. Look, they're they're not looking at that. They want to make Nintendo games. <laughs> Whatever that is. I like that could be anything from Splatoon to Legend of Zelda to uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, like it, it varies quite a bit, quite a diverse roundup. But when you see a Nintendo game, you know a Nintendo game, and uh, Nintendo's biggest asset is its brand and its IP. So when it has a brand new team or brand new staff of people working on it, they really need to make sure that they can do the best by those IP. So why, um, while it's not uh, acquisitions are off the table. I don't think it's going to happen. So anyway, it's going to be really interesting to see what Sony and Microsoft do though, regardless, just like it's a, it's a bidding war out there. It's really cool. <laughs> it's not uh, it's not good for the industry, but it's something for the industry. And it's interesting to talk about. <laughs> it dominates the Twitter feed for a couple of days anyway. All right. So moving on to some smaller news before we start wrapping things up and going to the red coin recommendations or the releases. Bitcoin releases. Uh, the Pokemon company actually released a brand new website so where you can actually listen to the soundtrack for the original Pokemon Diamond and Pearl games. Really strange. Last week, we talked about a YouTube channel that was getting thousands of videos taken down by Nintendo containing their uh, soundtracks. Uh, they basically just had like blank videos with just um, each song from soundtracks where people can go and listen to it since Nintendo doesn't actually provide it themselves on their own YouTube channel or Spotify or Apple Music. But the Pokemon company themselves, they've gone out and actually just supplied <laughs> supplied their music on a website, not uh, like a music listening platform you would probably appreciate them. So just a, a tweet on Twitter from po- at, at Pokemon, uh, they, they're quoted for saying, uh, announcing the new Pokemon DP sound library. All the music you love from the original, the original Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl games is now available to listen to and to download for use in personal video or music creation. So this is it's a little bit weird after such a massive takedown, but this is the Pokemon company, a little bit different to just Nintendo themselves. But So you can basically just go and listen to the original music or you can actually download it and they say that you can use it in personal video and music creation. So what, what I'm just like uh, curious about, so I'm sure they've got this in the, in the dot points and the small text on the website, but just like personal video creation, does that mean you can upload it to YouTube? Does that mean you can monetize that video? I don't know. I really don't know, but um, probably best not using Pokemon music in, a, in your videos anyway if you're actually trying to make a buck out of things. But yeah, interesting just after that after that news anyway. I don't see why their music isn't available on streaming platforms. It's really annoying because uh, back before, say, Spotify was pretty mainstream, a Pokemon company did a really good job at actually releasing the soundtracks just on iTunes. And I bought a couple of them. They released them all the way from Pokemon Red and Blue, you know, Gold and Silver, uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Then they did the remakes for Red Leaf Green. Like they do, they released all these soundtracks. You could buy separately, you know, 20, I think it was like 20 bucks Australian, a, um, an album. And I bought, I bought like the ones I really liked. I bought the, uh, Ruby and Sapphire one, listened to a lot of it. Um, and then, 
when like, you know, it was time to move to Apple Music and uh, Spotify, uh, they just, they weren't available. It's really, really weird. Like even on Apple Music, you think like everything on iTunes would just be on Apple Music, but it wasn't. It was uh, it was annoying. So I couldn't actually listen to them and they're still not. This was years ago. This was seven years ago where I actually looked at it. Well, the Pokemon soundtracks aren't there. That's a bit strange and they're still not. So that is something I'd like to see fixed. Like if, if they just want their music out there, if they're making a whole website dedicated to this, I'd like to see them just more accessible on platforms people actually use. So I can see why they're probably just they probably just like want more money out of people visiting their site than actually uh, getting from the streaming platforms. But regardless, it's another another day. It's another weird decision by a Pokemon company. So we'll see if we ever do see these soundtracks available on um, streaming platforms we actually use. And the last story I want to touch on is a is a just a strange one I threw in there. So this is from Nintendo Life and. The, the title is the Wii U is getting a brand new eShop game in 2022 and it will include the Wii balance board, which is what? <laughs> the article reads, if you thought the Wii U was dead, think again. Although the platform has been completely abandoned in terms of first party and major third party support, there are indie developers that are, uh, that are keeping its legacy alive. Following on from the launch of a 2D platform, Captain U last December, there's another arriving later this year in 2022. Silver Fool's White Inside Its Umbrella is a horror game originally revealed by Sun Grand Studios last September. Uh, that will include the Wii balance board support as an additional controller for movement. The developer, Dulay, uh, 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 has now shared a first look gameplay reveal, uh, which you can see in a video, which I will, yeah, I will link the Nintendo Life article. If you want to go and check it out, if you want to find the video, but it's just a bit weird. According to the creator, uh, there aren't aren't available to offer physical copies, but but it will be a eShop exclusive in power regions. And if you were wondering, Nintendo is still apparently accepting new game submissions, and the eShop is remaining open in the foreseeable future, so that people continue to download games. Uh, this title is a part of a larger series of the Silver Fool games, with some titles already available on various other platforms like Nintendo Switch and 3DS. So really, really weird. So, you know, other platforms in the past, like, like the PlayStation Vita, there was a, a vibrant uh, community, you know, based around the Vita. The Vita was an awesome handled console. It was fun to play. The indie scene was really great. And Sony sort of abandoned it and said, we're not doing handhelds anymore. So there was no other Sony handheld to move on to. So uh, a community really stuck with that system until pretty recently, to be honest. Um I think it was like uh, sometime last year where like Nintendo, not Nintendo, uh, Sony wasn't allowing um, games to be uploaded to the PlayStation Network anymore. And that's understandable to me. But the Wii U, I don't know, is there a scene out there where like, you know, hardcore Nintendo fans are still like playing their Wii U, checking the Wii U eShop, seeing if there's any like games still coming out for it. I don't know. I'm certainly not there, but guys, let me know at, at iDruby on Twitter. If, if you are still into your Wii U, if you're purchasing brand new games coming out, and if you're into horror, you're going to really enjoy this game. Uh, it looks pretty cool. I watched the video. It's about an eight-minute video, and the gamepad's kind of used as like a, a phone. Uh, you got like different apps and that, and you've got to use them to interact with the world. Uh, using the Wiimote as like a, a flashlight, you're looking around. And I haven't seen like the... The, the balance board support, but 
it looks like you've got to like move around with the Wii Mote D-pad because the other hand is literally just like holding a massive, <laughs> massive phone essentially. So you're moving around that. So you can use the balance board to like balance around, which will actually, you know, it's actually kind of fun. Like I know it sounds pretty dumb, but in like a horror setting where there's tension and <laughs> you're like trying to go around, it might be actually kind of fun just like leaning backwards and forwards, trying to run away from whatever's trying to get you. And you're tapping your phone, trying to activate stuff. And you're looking around at your flashlight. It could be interesting. It could be interesting. I don't think it's going to be like amazing or anything, but it's an interesting premise that can only be done on the Wii U. There's no balance board. There's no gamepad or on Switch. So uh, there you go. There you go. All right. That brings us to the end of our news, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Let's uh, <laughs> let's jump into the Red Coin releases and then we'll get out of here. Wah-ha! All right. So I actually haven't picked, uh, picked the three um, games I want to talk about. I actually don't know. I haven't looked at my Switch for a week. I uh, finished Pokemon Legends. A lot of fun, but uh, since then I haven't looked at my Switch. And to be honest, I uh, don't know. So what we got here? We got we got Million Molly for ten bucks. Let's have a look at that. It's a, I think it's a pretty slow week. So Million Molly, two uh, divert, divert, diverted sisters, one incredible adventure. Millie and Molly is a retro-inspired puzzle a uh, puzzle platformer that will put your problem-solving skills to the test. Can you guide your fearless, uh, fearless heroines through 100 fiend puzzles to defeat the malicious monsters that stand in their way? Use your wits to work out the best route to complete each, le- each level. Reunite the sisters, then swap between them to navigate mind-bending puzzles. If you make a mistake, you can simply use the rewind feature to try a different, different approach. A feature featuring retro-inspired graphics and music and five uniquely themed puzzle zones. Uh, Millie and Molly will take you on an adventure like no other. So yeah, 10 bucks. Go and get it. I'm looking at the screens now. Looks like uh, it, it kind of looks a bit Mega Man-y to be honest. Looks, looks cool. Look, I think this could be very much a Mario and Donkey Kong sort of kind of game it could be actually pretty cool i loved donkey kong 94 on the game boy so this could be kind of similar you're basically like going around you got to get to the top to get to your other sister going up ladders all of that there's a screen here where there's zombie enemies and uh with that rewind feature like you know you're like oh let's see if i can go there and like this sort of like a swamp enemy comes down and crushes you or something um it could be actually kind of cool Actually, I kind of uh, just reading it didn't really convince me, but looking at it, that was kind of fun, especially because, yeah, it does remind me of Donkey Kong. Cool. Well, 10 bucks. Go and get that, maybe. Potentially go and have a look at it. Uh, What we got here? We got, uh, I'm just going to go through the list. This is provided via Vooks.net, provider every week. Very, very useful for us here in Australia. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We got uh, Hungry Bull Physics. This is for $3.90 on the Australian eShop. I'm sure this is a rip snorter. Uh, let's have a look at the graphics here. Mm, mm. All right. Draw a path and overcome obstacles, hurdles, and brain teaser to lead the Hungry Bull to its loved sweets. Hungry Bull Physics is a physics puzzle game where you need to draw lines to lead the bulls to sweets. You have to overcome obstacles and hurdles in over 99 brain teasing levels. So the features... Uh, simple physics puzzles with great gameplay. Great gameplay, not shit gameplay. All right, just to reinforce that. Over 99 levels, which, uh, you know, I said before, 
Which is, yeah, you got to reemphasize these things. Uh, puzzles with increasingly increasing difficulty. So, you know, this is it's got a good difficulty perv. Perv. Curve. Oh, I'm starting to lose my voice a bit. Sorry. It's got a good perv. Fucking hell, Drew. What the hell's going on? What's another one? A food delivery battle. Interesting. All right. Hey, this game actually... No. Alright, uh, so you can get this game for $5.25. And uh, this is the delivery action game where you carefully deliver food to customers while kicking other delivery men out the way using items such as missiles and shockwaves. Shockwaves. Jesus Christ, that's violent. Objective of the game. When you start the game, you will see many delivery men at work. This is a fierce underground of food delivery. Try and deliver more food than the other delivery men within the time limit and aim for first place. So this is like, this is like dot points here. Uh, machine upgrades. Are you worried about getting paid for your deliveries? Of course. You will be rewarded every time you complete a delivery. The secret to victory is to use the money to upgrade your bike and prepare for the next delivery. Items. The other delivery men are powerful enemies. If you if you improve your bike, you will have a even, oh sorry, even if you improve your bike, you will have a hard time as the other rookie. But there there is nothing to worry about. You can use items placed all over the city to hinder the other delivery men. And the graphics, you know, it kind of it, it looks pretty ordinary. It looks <laughs> it looks like a sort of like a, a PlayStation 1 game, a PlayStation 2 game, let's be honest here. Uh, look, talking about PlayStation 1 and 2, a lot of people are poo-pooing like uh, Pokemon Legends. You know, the graphics aren't very good in 2022 on Nintendo Switch. You know, they're lacking. They're, they leave a lot to be desired for an you know, $80 game. I get that. But a lot of reviews are saying, like, oh, even the GameCube could do this. Guys, have you seen a fucking GameCube game in the last 10 years? Have you looked at Pokemon Coliseum? Have you looked at uh, even Mario's Sunshine? No. No, it doesn't look like a GameCube game. That game would... Legends of you would look amazing on a GameCube. It would look amazing on a GameCube. Let's let, let's, uh, let's not get... Let's not get our, our titties tangled here. All right? Let's not get our titties tangled. Even a Wii, Legends of Arceus would, would look amazing. And you compare it to Wind Waker, which is you know, a timeless art style. Yeah, we, we can talk there. We can talk there, but look. Nah. All right. I'm actually enjoying reading these random games. There's nothing that stands out here. What have what is what have Vooks recommended for highlights? So there's Webbed, there's Magma Lord, Sherlock Holmes, Crimes and Punishments, and Axio. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Well, let's read Mag let's read Magma Lord. Alright. They've recommended it. So if this is a oh. So this is a $60 game. An action JRPG straight from the depths of hell. Fast and furious gameplay for intense battles. Square off against powerful beasts in a fast-paced battles True, <laughs> as you try and regain your power. Feel the DG gauge as you unleash a, unleash a demon lord of swords ultimate attacks for a wide variety of combat strategies. Cool, cool. So if, it looks like if you're sort of into... Uh, it's got a very fire emblem aesthetic and sort of inventory looking system. Obviously a very different sort of uh, gameplay being a JRPG with turn-based mechanics. The art looks nice though. Kind of Persona-y. Persona 5-y. Obviously not as nice. Mm, very cool, very cool. Let's look at webbed. 
it's got an Australian flag to it next to it, so maybe it's uh, Australian developed. You get that for nineteen ninety nine on the Australian eShop, webbed. So webbed is the story of a happy little spider on an adventure to save her boyfriend from a big mean browbird. <laughs> Explore the dangerous wilderness uh, with nothing but your webs and your wits. Practice the art of web swinging to to speed your way through the world. Leave your own unique mark by spinning webs through an interconnected world. Stick webs to almost anything and use them to create your own paths. Make friends with bugs and dance with them. Some bugs could use a little help from a friend and might even join your rescue effort in return. All right, so let's look at the gameplay here. Uh, it's kind of uh, kind of pixelarty in like a Newgrounds kind of look. If you remember Newgrounds from the early 2000s, uh, a site where you could upload animation works and stuff like that before YouTube sort of took over that. Reminds me of that. Bit of a, a platformer where you're progressing through the level using your your webs. And there's like ants and different bugs, which looks like they're offering your help. There's an ant here that says, uh, well, what are you waiting for, uh, comrade? So maybe he's taking orders from the spider here. Could be cool. Could be cool. From S-Bug Games is the publisher. Haven't heard of them before. Very nice. So look, there's, there's always... An amazing game coming out on the eShop. I'm sure like when I read down this list, it's all just gobbledygook. There's a lot of shit I just read as well. But it looks like there's some pretty cool stuff. I'm going to read one more. I'm going to read Axio. Oh, it's a big fluffy duck. <laughs> that's the, that's the uh, first picture. Ooh. So you get this for $7.50. A great adventure in search of monobrow. <laughs> Search of the monobrow, okay. Uh, is there anything better to spend your whole weekend with your friends that have a quack Tendo entertainment system plugged into your TV and the brand new game just came out uh, from the box into your hands? Actually, I have a list of great things to do instead, but today I would love you to join us and play Axio. This, is, uh, this game is a blast among the fans of really hard and ch- challenging titles. You're going to love it. The premise is simple. This is the game about a little duckling, Alex. The day when he turned six, he learned the hard truth from his father. To become a true drake, he had to become, he had to complete, sorry, uh, the journey on his own and find his monobrow during his travels. Alex had a hard time trying to get some sleep because he knew that his journey would be the most exciting thing for him ever. That's a long sentence. Uh, you have to travel with Alex, overcome a set of obstacles, and get through meadows, lakes, mountains, woods, caves, and ancient ruins on your way to the temple that keeps your hard-earned reward. Intriguing, right? This means it's time to stop reading this and start playing. There you go. Uh, so the artwork is like very, very basic, 8-bit, eight, eight kind of like what you might expect in a kind of like a... Maybe even a Commodore 64 game with like heaps of colors. Oh, way more detailed than Commodore 64, but it looks like it. Yeah, it's just very basic um, artwork, which uh, it looks kind of cool for a seven dollar fifty game. Could be a nice little pickup. It's it it is hard. It's a it's a hard market to be in when like this. This would be a very cool game made by a very nice developer uh, at a very affordable price. Probably entertain you very much for a night or two. But just <laughs> in the current situation, like if you have a 
if you have a PlayStation and all that, you're going to be getting Horizon next week. You know, we got a lot of stuff on Switch. The backlog is just um, just overwhelming. It's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard. But we try to sort of highlight some of these uh, games on uh, Switch just every week. Just, you know, there are some gems out there. I know sometimes it's just from me being like, what the hell is that? Literally Million Molly. Just clicked on it. It looks like kind of a cool sort of take on Donkey Kong. Especially my favorite Donkey Kong being Donkey Kong 94. Just like little examples like that. 10 bucks. It's probably a fantastic game. It's probably a lot of fun. And it will last you like a good amount of time. So I'll continue to do it. I enjoy reading them. Some are just dumb with bad English. Some have great English and I just ruin it anyway because I'm tired and my reading ability is dwindling as we speak. So we'll leave it there, guys. I really want to thank you for listening to episode 214 of The House of Mario. This is something I'm recording a bit later. Uh, this, What time is it? Uh, it's currently almost 2 o'clock in the morning. I, I got home, honestly. I'm very tired, but I can't sleep. I'm sort of jacked up on adrenaline, adrenaline and I'm very, very excited to um, have my new son uh, come home. Very excited. Uh, you know, when... Uh, when my when my son first came into world into the world, I was like, "Oh, look!" I was happy that I was just so relieved that my wife got him out in one piece. That she was mostly in one piece because there there were a few there were a few scares there where I'm like, "Oh God, it's gonna become a C section. It's gonna this is gonna happen." Um, but ultimately, it turned out very well. And look, look over the course of today, just holding him and putting him to sleep, you know, learning how to change his <laughs> change his uh, a nappy, uh, feeding him. You know, look, I'm just uh, falling more and more in love every second and becoming a father is certainly a very, very exciting and daunting experience. And uh, I'm glad to be a part of the club with Bryce and a lot of you guys out there. I really, really am. And I, I can't wait to uh, see him grow up and all of that that comes with it. So, Yes, thank you guys for joining me. I know this is a bit of a different episode. I hope the sound quality held up in the first half where I was recording it on the way back to the hospital. And uh, yeah, just absolutely awesome. If you guys like this show, even if it's just me or it's with my co-host Bryce DeWitt, you can leave us an Apple podcast or Spotify review, whatever platform you use, give us a review there. Five stars really does help out the show. When you type in Nintendo or something, it will just basically make us a bit more prominent in there. If you would like us to, you know, be in more people's ears and be able to put more content out and uh, all that fun stuff. We have a Patreon as well, which I'll be, uh, you know, revamping a bit more as uh, get a bit more time, a bit more security with, uh, the baby going on, but of course you can check that out at uh, patreon.com slash iDruby where you can also support my other podcasts like A Drew Story, which I have an episode going up with my wife, Chantel. We actually, we recorded an episode the day before he was born. Then I'm going to do like a bit of a, you know, a bit of recording like this afterwards to put it at the end of that. So check out A Drew Story. I do another Nintendo podcast, which is a, which is very much like this, actually. It's called Encore at the House of Mario it's basically a, a platform I've uh, made so I can just sit down and uh, do solo discussions about Nintendo topics that I'm really passionate about. And uh, that book, they usually lean a bit more evergreen so I can put them up and just people can listen to them at their leisure. Aiming for a bit shorter episodes. So if you have like a 20-minute drive or something like that, you'll be able to fit that in. So Encore at the House Mario as well. 
and uh, Kraken Furfies, which has been a lot of fun. I do that with three other friends of mine. And it's basically a show where we all grab two real stories and we make up a fake story, which is the Furfy. Furfy is basically a lie that has been, well, a story that's been told and told again and sort of loses its true meaning. So we basically make up a story and the other person, the other, sorry, the other three people have to sort of guess which one is the Furfy, which is a lot of fun. So go and check out those podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, YouTube when I um, you know, get back into a bit more um, content on there. But until then, guys, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. I'll catch you later. You just listened to the House of Mario, a South Australian Nintendo podcast. Be sure to follow the boys on Twitter, leave an Apple Podcasts review, and join the Discord server to be a part of the community. A big thank you to these legends who support the show on Patreon at the producer level. Alex Harding, Sam Hay, and DJ. If you would also like your name in the credits, head over to patreon.com slash idruby and choose the tier that works for you. Until next time, we hope your day is 120 power star rated.